Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down. Happy New Year. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Are you feeling excited for 2024? Kenny, I'm feeling excited. Yes, absolutely. Happy New Year to everyone listening. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling good about 2024. You know, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be an all right year, certainly for wrestling. Already much has happened. And it's yeah. only January second. Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got big. You know, the the big story. One of the big stories that we'll talk about today is obviously the Rock. There's a, there's a lot of stories basically saying that Mercedes Monet is going to show up on Dynamite tomorrow, which would be January the third. Then you've got Wrestle Kingdom on the fourth. So I mean, there's loads happening already. I mean, I I feel like it's just one of those things now where wrestling every year is just crazy now. There's just no quiet years anymore. No, which is good. I mean, the old, the, the bad old days of you know, 93 and 94 and 95 and all those boring years or 2002, 2003 vanished into history, Kenny. You know, know, exciting things now. And I mean, it's just, there's obviously a lot of people involved in wrestling now. There's a lot of money there and the stakes are much higher. And I think people in wrestling generally feel optimistic about the future Whereas been many times, certainly since I've started covering the biz, and it's 32 years this month, hmm. it's the first issue of Superstars of Wrestling went on sale. Um, you know, it just feels like, yeah, there's just so much more sort of interest and and in, and just, um, yeah, just, you know, a real sense that, yeah, the future can be bright. Uh, whereas there have been many times, certainly in the 90s, and in the 2000s as well, where people were just like, we're in this doom loop. It's like, oh, it's never going to get any better. Oh, it's never going to be as good as it used to be. And I don't think people really have, you know, that opinion anymore or those emotions anymore. And that is so helpful. It means that people are constantly looking forward to the next big event. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's it's, it's, it's nice to see... Um... It's nice to see that we're we're in that place, and you 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 have covered the dark days for sure of uh, of a lot of different times where you know even the, the stuff where WWE were on were you know the only game in town really in the in the mid to late I mean I know TNA were around but you know we we, we did it when we were looking at the old issues of Power Slam it's like 
you know, there just wasn't the interest in other stuff being covered, whereas now there's there's a lot of stuff and people are interested. So it's good. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the the I, I did want to say very briefly, um, obviously today's what's going down, we're covering the, the actual wrestling. We will briefly talk about the Chris Jericho situation on Thursday on Power Slam. So, and I don't want it to seem that we're, you know, not right. Ducking yeah. it, yeah, we're not we're not ducking it. We are going to talk about it, but I, I don't really want to give it a passing mention in case it turns into like a little conversation that we can have, and we don't need to worry about rushing it. So uh, we will cover that on Thursday. But um, obviously at the weekend it was the World's End pay per view with AEW, and the big stories coming out of it is that Samoa are that Samoa Joe is the new AEW World Champion. And the devil was revealed to be Adam Cole, as we predicted. Here as you podcast. predicted, Kenny. No, as you predicted. I'm giving you the credit for this one. Thank as you, you predicted. Well, you know, it, it, it was it was the logical outcome. It was the person that should have been. It makes the most sense. Uh, and you know, we said this last week, where we said, you know, let's let's make it logical. Let's make it make sense. And that is the person that it should have been. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the idea of Joe becoming the champion. Um, you know, one one would assume that he is going to have a short reign and that's going to maybe last to revolution and then maybe somebody's going to take it off of him. Uh, what do you make of him as the champ for a kind of short transitional reign? And yeah, the Adam Cole reveal, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, people seem pretty dis- demoralised actually when Joe won and it was a fairly clean finish as well with a stoppage and there were people were like is that it so i'm not don't think it really went down that well in the arena um so i mean we did say that had joe not beaten mgf and that was two major events at which he'd lost to mgf if he lost at world world's end as well as at grand slam then his future as a top guy was sunk, was torpedoed. There was going to be no future for him as a big deal in AEW anymore. So he really had to win. And I think the timing of it was right. Uh, MGF's suffering, he's nursing several injuries, as people know. Um, He's taking some time off. I mean, they've removed him from the roster page, haven't they, Kenny? It's as if he's left, he's gone, he's quit. Will he show up at Royal Rumble? No, he won't. I mean, I'm... Fairly sure that he's extended his deal with AEW. I mean, all, that- I, all, all, all I can really say to you is, is that from what I have heard, he is going nowhere, and he is not legally able to go anywhere for a long, long time. Absolutely, yeah. And as I wrote in the latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, now is not the time for him to go to WWE. No, 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 no. no. There's, there would be so much competition there. He would have to re-establish himself with a new audience. You've got all these big players there. I mean, all the top spots at WrestleMania are already locked up. Um, and in fact, pretty much all of 2024, you can sort of picture where it, how it's going to play out. And I think MGF would really struggle to become a star in WWE at the moment. Three years from now, things will be very different, I'm sure. Um if he chooses to go to WWE in 2027, which I think he will do, and he should probably should do at that point in his career. But now is not the time for him to leave AEW. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it played out as it should have done, even though people in the arena weren't too happy with the outcome. Um, I mean, it is Samoa Joe. He's a veteran. Um, MGF, I think he could have put a more resistance before he lost. Um, and then we had the big reveal afterwards with the mass men, um, you know, Roderick Strong, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven. Wardlow was there as well, Kenny. He'd said that he was going to be in London on Twitter, right? I'm on holiday. I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I think he yeah. might have been fibbing about that one. Swear, um, bro. <laughs> that's it. And then Adam Cole held up, you know, he held up the devil mask and it was him. And it it doesn't really make much sense when you think about it because there was lots of times that he could have turned heel on MGF. Why did he choose to do it then? And why all the strange business with Roderick Strong and Taven and Bennett? Okay, it was to throw us off the scent, but it was, you know, overly elaborate. Um but, I but at think, least, at least with at least with this one with Adam Cole, you can. There's a way they're going to be able to explain it. There's things they can say. There's things they can do. If they try to fling somebody out there who 
who wasn't involved in any of it, then they would have a way harder job to explain it. Or if they'd done the whole Vince McMahon higher power thing of having MGF be the devil, I think we would have all just groaned in a in a collective worldwide event. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, because that would be such a, you know, I mean, because MGF has come quite far and it would be to just kind of do that whole double swerves thing just would have probably been a bit naff. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I, I get, you know, Adam Cole was out. He's still wearing, you know, the big uh, plastic cast on his ankle. So, I mean, we don't know how long he's going to be sidelined for. I mean, we don't know how long MGF's going to be out. I would think a while. Can't imagine he's going to be back until possibly Revolution. He might not return until then. I mean, in some ways, until Adam Cole's able to, you know, re- uh, we're at the point where we know when Adam Cole's going to be making a comeback. Um it doesn't really serve a purpose to our MGF there because we know he's going to beat Roderick Strong. Obviously, he's going to beat Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. I mean, there's the Wardlow match, but who really believes in Wardlow anymore? Um, I mean, what a strange year he had in 2023. So I think Adam Cole has to be about ready to go before MGF should return, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, the, at least at least Adam Cole also got rid of that big grey beard that he has. So he's back to looking. I mean, the, the ironic thing is Adam Cole now looks younger because he got rid of the grey beard, and Wardlow somehow, with the short hair, has aged himself by ten years. <laughs> I don't know what he's done. I mean, he just looks so generic. But I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, Wardlow's the only one out of the crew who is not Adam Cole who you could maybe build up an MJF pay per view match, maybe for Revolution. You know, so they've got a couple of months to get Wardlow up there. But he's yeah. the only one, really, that you could do that with. So, yeah, um, he, he is. I mean, I hope the. I mean, with Wardlow, there's just been so many stops and starts that yeah. it's really hard to have faith in AEW's competence when it comes to this character. I mean, it's hard to have AEW's faith in AEW's competence on many levels. But certainly, when it comes to Wardlow, I mean, I mean that guy after he beat MJF. I mean, this is over eighteen months ago now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You match and then Jeff disappeared for, till the summer off. I mean, he was like, "Wow, this guy's going to be like a world champion," and they just what a mess they made of him. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, to me, I'm sort of, I'm in two minds about it. I mean, I think Joe becoming champ was the right decision for Joe, and I agree. I think this will be a transitional reign. I'm not sure who he'll drop the belt to. Maybe Swerve Strickland. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I don't think Joe should be champ for long. And yeah, he can serve a purpose there, dropping the belt to someone else. In some ways, the person you should drop the belt to is Adam Cole. And then Cole can drop it to MJF or maybe Wardlow. I don't know. Maybe not Wardlow, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Too much work to do on Wardlow um, to rebuild him into the person that he was, you know, in like April, May 2022. So I'm not quite sure where they go next with Joe. Um, it's kind of fun to see him taking on the kind of superstar Billy Graham, Iron Sheik, transitional heel champion role, which we've not seen in wrestling for a while. So, it's, I mean, he, you know, he's not going to have it for ages. You know, we know that. We we can't, I can't imagine Samoa Joe's going to hold it past Revolution. But yeah, but, it, you know, I think it works for now. I think he's the best choice of who they have at the moment. So yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled for what happens next. Absolutely. Um, well, let's move on. To, obviously, SmackDown last week was a best of show, so there's nothing really to say from that. This Friday, obviously, is the big triple threat match with LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. See who faces Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. But the day one special was last night, the the Raw special, and we opened it with Becky Lynch and Nia Jax. Um, they had never had the match since that November 2018 incident. They did a big video package here, and they had Becky and Nia open Raw like a 12-minute match, and Nia Jax wins clean. What did you make of the match? I mean, a remarkably clean outcome. Um, I mean, do you think it was fake blood in the match, Kenny? Because I think it was. Yes. Yeah, it feels like it was fake blood to kind of keep up the pretense of Jax's punches can be lethal. Yeah, it did look quite realistic, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, it looked good. The most realistic fake blood I've ever seen. Um, I think they had the colour right and everything. I think she, you know, she put something in her mouth and 
you know, it was all very well done, actually. Uh, you know, you've got to give a lot of credit to the production crew for getting the camera off. And we'll be talking about that, I guess, on Thursday as well. Kevin Dunn's retirement, right, Kenny? Yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about him as well on Thursday. We'll be talking about Big Kev. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I thought this match was, was um, yeah, really good. I mean, obviously, Nia Jax's best match since she returned. I mean, and I think anyone who really criticised WWE for bringing her back will be left eating their words after this match against Becky Lynch. I mean, despite the size difference, I thought they worked well, worked very well together. It was a very believable match. Um, you know, Jax kicked out of a leg drop from the ropes. Uh, Lynch survived a Samoan drop from the middle rope. And Jax won after a punch and the Annihilator in the corner. And yeah, fans were with them every step of the way. It was a Built to a you know heck of a crescendo of the match, and uh, yeah, a stunning outcome. But I don't think it really harmed Lynch in any way, um, and I think it massively enhanced Nia Jax. Um, I think people were just yeah stunned by the outcome, um, but in some ways probably more into it than they would have been had Lynch won because the story will now continue. We know there's going to be a rematch between Lynch and Nia Jax. Presumably in that, Lynch will um, uh, you know, leave in the score and get a retribution. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was timed and paced you know, pretty much perfectly, Kenny, for a TV match. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think we've got to give props to Becky Lynch for putting Nia over clean because yeah. that was, it was the right move. I think if Becky had won... It wouldn't have really done anything for Becky because she already had a top name. Whereas Nia, we've got to assume she's going to head into Royal Rumble to face Rhea Ripley. So you've got to kind of build her up and make her look like she could win the belt. Yeah. And then it gives you that match that they maybe do, I don't know, February in Australia at the Chamber pay-per-view. Maybe that's Becky getting her revenge there on Nia. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. I think Nia has, Nia has somehow managed in this return run to improve from what she was the last time, the run the last time, never really felt that like she had matches that were memorable. And this felt, I mean, she was in there with Becky Lynch, who's one of the best that they've got. So, you know, it's not like she was in there with a broom, but she she held up her own end of the bargain and looked good. So I think this was a, a, a step in the right direction. So a good opener. Uh, we then had a Cody Rhodes who came out to respond to Shinsuke Nakamura's American Nightmare Before Christmas from a couple of weeks ago. And they're going to be facing next week uh, to finish off and um, yeah, I mean it's it's been a, a a fairly decent TV feud. People will be looking into how Corey Rhodes' facial expressions were given what happened later in the show. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it was presumably Rhodes Wolf score, that long-awaited pitfall <laughs> of Nakamura next week. Um, I mean, I think the feud, if it were to continue after next week, people would be just like, just end this now. We've had enough. <laughs> so it has to end next week on Raw, please. I'm sure it will. And Cody needs a convincing victory. I'm sure he will score one and then he can move on and do whatever he's going to do at the Raw Rumble. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you because we, did, we had this segment with, it was Miz TV with the Judgment Day and R-Truth. Uh, you know, comes out and it ends up leading us to an, uh, an R Truth and Miz reunion, the awesome truth against Dom and JD McDonough, which the Miz and R Truth win. 
Yeah. And there was kind of this thing on Twitter, which I thought was interesting, where there was some nostalgia for the awesome truth <laughs> who had been around like, you know, 12 years ago or whatever. I mean, you you, you mentioned this at the beginning. You knew, you've been covering wrestling for 32 years this month. Yeah. You must have seen at various points where nostalgia comes in for stuff where you're kind of thinking, there's nostalgia for this? <laughs> like, this must be something that you've come across a few times over the years. Oh, definitely. I remember one time, I can't remember, it was in the late days of the magazine or when I was running the website temporarily, and someone described Kelly Kelly as an all-time great. <laughs> and I being, like, floored by that. It's just like, oh, yeah, nostalgia. You put those nostalgia goggles on, you know, it, <laughs> it often clouds one's judgment and uh, makes one think that something was much better than it actually was. Um yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, Miz and Our Truth, he had the famous match in the Survivor Series in 2012, it would have been, wouldn't it? Uh, when they faced Cena and Rock. 2011, I think it was. Was it 2011? Yeah, because 2012 was the Shield debut. Ah, of course, 2011, that's right. And um, they put a lot of money into that show and it did not deliver on pay-per-view. This was obviously pre-network. And... Um, and I remember the match was really wasn't very good either. Um, we covered it in the magazine. No one believed that our truth and Miz had any chance at all of defeating Cena and Rock, and nor did they. And um, yeah, I mean, to me, this was a lot of fun on Raw because it was a comedy segment, and that's you know obviously where our truth is, and he does that very well. He's actually he's actually really almost cornered. Well, obviously, we've got Akira Tozawa, who does comedy as well. But our truth is excellent in this comedy role. I don't think there's anyone doing it better than him at the moment, comedy. No. Um, so, I mean, as a nostalgia, as a nostalgia, this worked very well because it was comedy. We weren't meant to take it seriously. It wasn't in the main event. It was a mid-card match as well. It should have been. They were against JD and Dom, you know, and it was like, it was just supposed to be silly. It was supposed to be entertaining. And that's what it was. And... um yeah, I mean, R-Truth thinks he's in the Judgment Day, and of course he's not, and JD and Dom were playing up to that. And yeah, I mean, it was just I mean, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, we know that Miz is not going to be IC champion now because he had his two shots against Gunter and he lost both. So Miz is kind of in a mid-card role again, which I think is a role he plays well. And yeah, I, th- I thought this match was, was great, Kenny, for what it was. It wasn't a main event, obviously, but it was a really fun mid-card match. And in the end, Miz pinned... McDonough with the school crushing finale and, um, you know, Miz and Truth were the winners and everyone went home happy. And uh, But the thing that amused me the most about this was you could see that Miz was struggling to keep a straight face when Truth was doing his comedy <laughs> and he was just cracking up and uh, kind of infectious, Kenny. Infectious, that's what he was. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against the idea of them putting Miz and Truth together as a kind of lower card tag team because they probably could do some fun stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. Don't make them tag team champions. No. I mean, you you no. could pit them against Finn Balor and Damien Priest. That actually, there'll probably be a lot of support for Truth and Miz in that like match. A TV ma- for a TV match, yeah. For a like TV put... match, yeah. yeah but I mean, probably... no, at, one point, at one point in this match, we had R-Truth. He did like a leap into the splits. And he turns 52 this month. Like, yeah. you're thinking, like, I mean, R-Truth... His yoga guy or yoga team must be, you know, on another level because I don't know how he, I don't know how he, I don't know how he remains so young. I don't know how he does it, but I mean, he's limber, he's supple, he's there, he's doing the, he's doing the yoga, he's doing the Pilates. Kenny's an inspiration to us all. Yeah, as I'll be getting down the local yoga center soon to be like, <laughs> make me as good as him. Um, anyway, Whoa. um. Speaking of the Judgment Day, we had Rhea Ripley defend the women's world title against Ivy Nile. Yeah. It got quite a lot of time. Ivy Nile's pretty new, obviously, on the main roster. Uh, this is a big match, a big test for her. How do you think she did here? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot better than the uh, the Maxine Dupree match, that's for sure. Um, there was a few moments there where you could see that Nile, you know, is green, and you could at times hear, rip, hear Rhea telling her what to do. You know, I'm not a fan of loud spot calling, as people probably know. Um, but I mean I thought the I thought the match did it did take off. I thought they found the groove. Now calm down. You can see she would have been, you know, 
probably nervous before she went out there. I'm sure it was not lost on her how big this match was. I mean, this was a big test for her. They were given a lot of minutes. She was against the women's champion. And um, yeah, I bet there was a few times there when things didn't go quite according to plan that she was, you know, probably terror stricken. But she did um, calm down, held it together. And, you know, there was a this is awesome chant, which, you know, at times is not a very good barometer of whether or not a match is any good because it's used so often that it doesn't really mean anything. Um, at least it's, it's not you don't hear it that often in WWE. Uh, but there was a really tremendous near fall um, after now, a German suplexed Rhea off the middle rope. Um, that was really good. And in the end, Ripley won with the riptide. Yeah, it was obviously the right outcome. I thought Rhea did well here, and I thought Nal did did well also. So, um, yeah, there was a few moments, certainly in the beginning, Kenny, when I was fearing the worst. What do you make of it? Yeah, it was okay. I'm kind of. I think that I think that she. I mean, yeah, she definitely did better than Maxine Dupree. But I think you know she she did a respectable job, but she's obviously not ready to do this on a regular basis. You know, have mm-hmm. long matches on Raw. So I think she's the sort of person who could definitely benefit from being in a lot of live events and doing longer matches because I think there is something there with Ivy Nile. She um I think she's got something about her. But they need to just obviously need to give her a lot of time in the ring. So yeah. I mean, you know, when you're wrestling on showing sold out San Diego Arena, you know the rock's gonna be on the show, you know, a lot of people are going to be watching. It's a heavily promoted event. I mean it's got to be nerve wracking, hasn't it, if you're a new wrestler. You know, if you're mm-hmm. still fairly new to all of this. So, you know, I think she did I think she did well. I think she deserves a lot of credit, Ivy Nile, um, for what she did bring to this match. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they had advertised or Triple H tweeted out saying that there was going to be a, a former WWE champion who would appear. Um, and this obviously got people talking. And then a few hours before the show, The Rock was a football game college football game a couple hours away so people were pretty much thinking it was going to be him but then Jinder Mahal comes out and people are, are booing and he's speaking in Punjabi doing the, nas- the US National Anthem then making fun of the fact that the people booed their own National Anthem the only thing that's united is they don't like him because he looks different and sounds different so he he's going on and then he says you know finally you're all united in one thing to boo me. And then he starts to speak Punjabi again and the Rock's music hits. And out he comes and we get this kind of standard Rock promo that we've had before. He even makes fun of his own movies, Finn, by making fun of the movie Baywatch. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see Baywatch, Finn? No, strangely yeah. enough, I never saw that one. Strangely enough. Uh, <laughs> the Zac Efron Rock movie did not permeate through to you. Um, I did attempt to, I think, Central Intelligence. I'm a right. big fan of Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart is hilarious. I'm not really a big fan of comedies in general. Uh-huh. But uh, I started watching Central Intelligence, and I think I lasted, this was when it was on TV, uh-huh. of course. And I think I lasted about 25 minutes. I just had to turn it off. And I've never gone the distance on a rock movie since The Scorpion King. That's the only rock film I have seen in its entire... No, that's not true. The Jumanji no, not... films? Did they not break through to you? Since no, Kevin no, no, no. I've seen bits of them, never seen all of them. Um, but you, yeah. will be see- you will be seeing a full Zac Efron movie this year, probably. Yes, I will. I'm really looking forward to watching The Iron Claw, which opens in the UK on February, February 9th. So I'm really looking forward to that. Don't yeah. really have any... Uh, com- I don't, I'm not sure. I'm sure I must have seen a Zac Efron movie, although I'm not sure about that. But anyway, The Rock, I know for a fact that <laughs> The Scorpion King is the only rock film I have watched in its entirety. Right. Well, so he does his whole shtick, and then of course in the end he uh, he, he calls gender uh, the day one douchebag. Gets the fans to chant it. Gets them to chant from different parts of the arena, different parts of it. So then, of course, as usual, Mahal attacks him. He then gives Mahal a spine buster and the people's elbow, and then is the line that got everyone talking where he said he was going to go out in San Diego and he was hungry and he was going to go and get something to eat. But he asked, should he sit in a booth? Should he sit at the bar? Or should he sit at the head of the table? And they all the fans went mental for that. And he said, I love you too, San Diego. That's what I thought. 
if you smell what the rock is cooking. So lots of people are speculating, Finn, but you were you were talking on Facebook, but you, you have a different approach or view than than the general consensus as to what you think this is going to lead to. But what did you think of this segment? And the, the tease at the end is what everyone obviously wants to talk about. Yeah, well, one of the things that amused me about it was, uh, did you see the uh, the video on Twitter of Samantha Irvin's reaction? Yes, I did, yeah. I mean, when... It's like, so she she obviously hadn't been smartened up either that or she she really is an amazing actress uh, but that's what if you haven't seen that that is worth watching uh, on x yes. on twitter uh, her, <laughs> her response at ringside when the rocks music played i mean the mahal thing was weird it's like going back to 2005 you know we had this like anti-american rant it's a long time since we've heard one of those and i hope it's a very long time before we hear another so he's banging on about how America's a joke and, you know, the country's gone to hell in a handcar, you know, banging on about ignorance and misinformation with the politics and the news and blah, 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 and social media. So, I mean, it was clear that somebody was going to interrupt Mahal because had this been the big surprise, and by the way, people thought it was going to be uh, the return of uh, Andrade, didn't they? That was a, there was a lot of speculation that Andrade yes, was going yeah. to return to Raw on this programme, which obviously didn't happen. And I would have thought that if Andrade is coming back to WWE, and I'm sure he is, he will be going to SmackDown. I would think that will be his destination. Yeah, that's where his wife is. That's where she resides. So you would think they yeah. would be on the same brand. That's, I mean, obviously she's not going to be wrestling for a while, but, you know, that's where that's where you would think that he's going to go. Uh, so yeah, Rock came out, as you said, he did his typical shtick, you know, getting the crowd to chant like they did in the Austin Theory segment a few months ago. You know, Rock was there defending the USA. Again, we're going back to 2005. You know, it's like, wow, you know, what's going on here? You know, this like, I've got to say, <laughs> probably the highlight of this for me was the Rock's comments about the Iron Sheik. Now, that was funny. Um, yeah, to- talking to the Iron Sheik in heaven. About yeah. you know, I'm going to call him the name. Just let me do it. You know, he's going back and forth. It was very funny. Um, yeah, but don't, don't, te- don't tease, Finn. We want to know what you think about the end, about the tease. Oh right, okay, yeah, right. So yeah, so he said at the end, should I, you know, sit the booth at the bar or the head of the table? I don't think right because obviously uh, when Rock was insulting Mahal, Mahal then attacked the Rock. Rock sold for a few of Mahal's punches. Rock made the comeback, did a reversal, did this rotten-looking double-leg spine-buster standing thing. It just looked terrible. Then he hit the people's elbow, and then he uh, then he sort of whipped uh, Mahal with his belt. That whole thing, the whole physical portion of this segment, lasted 52 seconds. And at the end of it, Rock was out of breath. You know, it was a very short segment. Okay, he'd been talking for a while prior to that. But I mean, he was blowing pretty hard. They seemed to be winded. And I was just seeing, and also, if you go back and watch it, Rock does not move well now. He does not move anywhere near like he used to. And obviously, he's a lot older and he's carrying more muscle mass. So I'm not convinced that he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. I don't want to see him wrestle uh, against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And I'm, you know, I'm inclined to believe, Kenny, and this is my prediction, that he's going to play a Mike Tyson-like special referee ringside enforcer role. That's my belief. It's going to be Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, and Rock will be there to counteract the bloodline, to prevent them from interfering, and to prevent Roman Reigns, you know, retaining the belt again due to, you know, nefarious means that's my prediction rock is not going to wrestle roman reigns he will be the special referee he will stop solo jimmy uso paul Heyman. he will stop all the interference and then he will end up counting the one two three and he will raise cody Rhodes's hand and cody will be the new champ and he will see this massive sort of you know robe of de- being the one to finally defeat roman reigns and having rome and having the rock endorsing him after the match. That's my prediction, Kenny. That is the prediction of Finn Martin, who is giving you people hope. And I'm here to dash that hope. From my opinion, I just don't think he's doing that line unless he is having a match. Um, I just, I think that's what it's going to be. If he does have a match, I just hope that they have the sense 
to not have this guy in there for 30 minutes because he will not be able to do it. He will not be able to do 30 minutes the way that he was 10 years ago, 11 years ago now with well, John Cena. He couldn't really do it again. I mean, the matches we've seen the last, we just went far too long, didn't they? Yeah, they went far too long. I just don't think they're throwing that line out there if it's not happening. I also think that Triple H is the sort of person who is not going to put that tease out there if he's not delivering it in some way. But I think that the, I guess the, the only positive thing I can give to people who are obviously very concerned for Cody Rhodes is I, I have much more faith in Triple H as a booker that Cody Rhodes is going to be okay. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know whether it's that Rock and Roman's night one and Cody Roman's night two. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I just don't think that they're going to, I think Rock's definitely going to face Roman. I know some people have been saying maybe that's going to happen at Elimination Chamber, but I can't see The Rock doing his last match in Perth, Australia at the Elimination Chamber. I just, I, I, it does not make sense to me that he would do that. Uh, you know, he was obviously heavily rumoured for last year. Yeah. At WrestleMania, it didn't happen. If he's going to do one more, he's doing it at WrestleMania. That's where he's going to do it. And, you know, if he's willing to do it, I think money-wise... I get why they're going to do it, but I, I also am with everybody else. I really hope for Cody Rhodes that 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 he's still going to be okay. I don't really want to see this be Cody Rhodes waits another year for something. But I mean, they've got a lot of stuff they need to do this year. They've got they've got CM Punk back. They've got Cody Rhodes. They've maybe got The Rock. It's a lot of stuff to do at one WrestleMania. So I don't really envy Triple H and his. His booking uh, card that he's got to put together, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I've written about this when Rock returned and did the interview with, well, he'd done the interview with Pat McAfee, and then he appeared on SmackDown that night, and he talked a lot about the WrestleMania thing then and how they all met up and they had the agreement in place, and then they, but they couldn't work out how to put it together. So I did, and at the time, I was like, well, you know. Well, maybe, you know, would Rock have said that if that wasn't the destination, if that wasn't the plan? And probably not. Um, But if Rock faces Roman, it's not going to be a good match. It's not. No, it's not. But but then if if, if it wasn't happening, right, if they weren't doing it, I don't know why you would have Rock appear here right at the beginning of January and do the the tease just feels like if you're not following through with what it is, then it's a... you know, because the whole head of the table thing kind of feels like if he was an enforcer, that doesn't feel like a head of the table thing to do. It feels like more of a, you know, the enforcer thing feels like he would turn up much later to do that. Yeah. But then, you know, if they've got the, if they've got the sense to, I mean, Triple H, unfortunately, the one thing that he's got going against them is he does not understand that matches can be short. You know, we can see it from his own career. I always point to that Seth Rollins match at WrestleMania 33. It just went so long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because how long... I mean, I'm, I'm going to find this out, actually. The match with him and Batista at WrestleMania 35. How long did that match go? I'm sure that went quite long as well. That went... 25 minutes. I think that actually was better than expected, wasn't it? Yeah, apart from Batista falling through the ropes when he started the match. But yes, it did go better. Yeah, that one, as I recall, was better than expected um, because people did fear the worst about that. I mean, the thing is, if Cody Rhodes doesn't face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, what does he do? Everything else will be second best, a disappointment. He's not going to wrestle Rollins. Obviously, that's going to be CM Punk and that's CM Punk's gig and nothing should get in the way of that. You could say, oh, maybe they'll do a triple threat, Cody versus Rock versus Roman, but then you've got two faces versus one heel, and psychologically that doesn't really work. In fact, it doesn't work at all, even though it has been done in recent years. Um, so I, I think that would be, I think that just that would just be such a letdown for Cody to win the belt in that fashion, in that arrangement, in that match configuration. And if it is Rock and he's the one that ends Roman Reigns' title reign, it's like, mm. okay, well, what happens then? And it's like Rock isn't going on the road and Rock might do another match. Is he then going to drop the belt to Cody? Then you could potentially have a situation where Cody was booed against the Rock. Probably wouldn't be, but you never know when it's two faces. 
So I just think that overly complicates things if you put Rock in the ring against Roman. I actually think if he's going to wrestle Roman, do it at Elimination Chamber and put him over. And then that will make Roman seem even greater and it will magnify the significance of Cody's eventual victory over Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But to me, everything has been building towards Cody Roman at WrestleMania. And I've got to believe, you know, I I want to believe is the correct phrasing. (laughs) I want to believe that it will still be Rhodes versus Reigns at WrestleMania because Rhodes should become champion there. He ought to become champion there. And there's lots that he can do with that belt. And as I've said many times previously, I think Roman then needs to turn babyface after he drops the belt. And he can have another really good part-time run as a face. Um, you know, this bloodline thing's got to end at WrestleMania, Kenny. We've talked what? about this many times. Yeah, for sure. Let me throw one other curveball at you, because we've kind of talked about all the various options, right? Of if they still do Cody and Roman and your suggestion of Rock being the enforcer, or if they do Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber. The one other thing they could do, I'm just curious of your take, is what if Randy Orton is the one to beat Roman Reigns and then Cody faces Orton at WrestleMania as champion, so Cody still wins the belt, Roman and Rock isn't for the title, and then they, is that a way to get around it, or does that is that going to feel, is, are people going to be feel shortchanged that Cody's not getting to beat Roman? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think some people would feel you know, rather let down. And then we say, well, we can go and do, we can do Cody, Roman at SummerSlam or whatever. Well, yeah, you could, but that by that point, Cody would be champion. So it would be, the psychology of it would be completely different, wouldn't it? Cody would be trying to repel the challenge of Roman Reigns, not topple Roman Reigns, you know, the domineering, you know, years long champion. So that would be a way around it. Yes. Um, But I mean, then you've got Randy Orton, I think, is anyone does anyone really want to boo him now? And if he did a face versus face match again, that could be problematic for Cody because I think there's a lot of empathy for for Randy Orton, you know, for him coming back from that very severe back injury. I think there's a lot of goodwill towards him, so I don't think people would want to boo him. So that then, you know, some cans albums a can of worms in itself of Orton versus. Cody but yeah that would be a that would be a way through wouldn't it way through the labyrinth you know you could have Orton versus Cody you could have Rock versus Roman and you know do a shorter match as well because if it's if Roman's no longer champion then there isn't the pressure to do a 25 minute match which having seen you know Rock blow up with his 52 second segment with Jinder I don't want to see it (laughs) 20 minute plus match i just don't think he's going to be able to cope with it or um, or do or do you have i mean yeah i mean there's do you do you do do you have cody and roman at chamber and cody beats him there well you could do it there but then it would feel like everything had peaked before wrestlemania you yeah. know I don't know. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I was convinced last year that cody rhodes would defeat roman reigns at wrestlemania and obviously he didn't so, I mean, I could be wrong about this, and it's more absolutely it's wishful thinking. I don't want to see Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people who've been watching wrestling for a long time would agree with me. You're gonna have a lot of laps fans, you know. Maybe just check in a few times a year. Oh, I'm gonna watch that, and like, okay, you know, yeah, that's it's gonna be a big deal on the socials and everything. But it's like, well, what happens the night after WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean they're they're on the hottest streak they've been on in so in so long. I mean, you look at um, you look at uh, the last night in San Diego. The last time they were in San Diego last year for a TV, they did six thousand one hundred and one people. I think was their their number. Last night they sold out with uh, eleven thousand and thirty one. Right, you know, so with massive ticket prices as well. Yeah, so they went from you know Raw April, like, Raw July two thousand two six thousand one hundred twenty one Raw last night eleven thousand thirty one. So yeah. you know they're on a massive hot streak. But as we've and, seen and before, with was, push, and they didn't advertise Rock either. He was a you know unadvertised Surprise. special appearance, so you couldn't credit that 
um, attendance figure to The Rock's appearance because people didn't know he was going to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's they've, they've got a tough tough game in their hands. Tough, tough, tough game in their hands for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, listen. So we'll we'll come back to obviously as as more things happen, and then the main event of the show was Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for the world title. Uh, they had a hell of a match. It led to, uh, you know, Dominic Mysterio coming out with Damian Priest, <clears throat> with Damian trying to cash in, and then uh, McIntyre uh, Claymore kicked Priest out of the way. Uh, Damian had already hit Seth with the briefcase when the referee wasn't looking. So then McIntyre comes in, Claymore kicks Seth. We think he's got the win, but Rollins has got his foot on the rope while McIntyre was hooking the leg. And then Drew goes outside to try and, uh, you know, batter Rollins on the announce table. And Rollins ends up slipping away, pedigreeing Drew on the table, rolling him back in, curb stomp. One, two, three, Seth gets the win. What did you make of the main event and the outcome? Yeah, you know, another blinding match between these two. I mean, these two are so good, so well matched, tremendous chemistry. You could just see they they know what the other one's thinking. You know, it's just like they mesh so well together. I mean, I'm sure maybe some people think, well, it's going to be Drew's night finally. Um, but I mean, if he hasn't extended his contract with WWE yet, um, then there was no way that they could conceivably put the title on him, even if it was... You know, they did like, um, you know, an Edge and John Cena thing where, you know, Edge became champ 2006, wasn't it? Champ to uh, New Year's, what was it? New Year's, Re- New Year's Revolution, wasn't it? The um, After the Elimination Chamber, Edge cashed in yeah, the contract. Yeah, yeah, New Year's Revolution 2006. That's it. I've, so I hesitated to say that because <laughs> obviously that's the name of this week's Smackdown as well. Yes. But yeah, Edge cashed in, he became champion, then dropped the belt back to Cena at Royal Rumble late that month. So they could have done that with Drew here. And I think that would have been, it would have felt blockbuster. And I think if Drew had extended his deal, maybe they would have done that. As far as we know, he hasn't. Um, And if he's potentially leaving in April, then it would be the wrong decision to put the belt on a guy who's about to go. So... You know, it's that simple. That's the way it is. I felt like they looked after Drew here. Um, he had that, the match won um, after the, you know, Damien Priest came out, nailed Seth with the briefcase. Then Drew took out um, Damien Priest at ringside then suplexed Dominic, just sent him flying. And then, you know, smashed uh, Rollins with the, uh, with the Claymore. Well, Claymore made the cover, but Rollins was right by the ropes and, uh, basically, Drew sort of overrolled Rollins with his legs. It was like putting so much pressure and lifted the legs right up and his legs were touching the ropes. It was actually a really clever false finish. Yeah. Um, Rollins' ring positioning was obviously key to that, success of that spot. And Drew, I thought, sold it brilliantly. He was just like flabbergasted. You know, how has this happened again? It's another injustice. I'm a victim here. I can't believe it. So it was really played into that storyline, that character, you know, that he's been portraying over the last, whatever is it, six to eight weeks. Um, and then, you know, they fought outside, Rollins pedigree drew on the announced desk and then hit the stomp for the one, two, three. So it was a very competitive match. I don't think Drew was harmed in any way by the outcome. Um, we know Rollins is heading towards a mega match with CM Punk. So in a sense, even if Drew... Had restart had re-signed with WWE, possibly would have been the wrong decision to take the belt off Rollins even for a few weeks. Yeah. Because again, that's gonna make you know the the magnitude of Punk's victory over Rollins at WrestleMania, if indeed that does happen, and I think it will, it's gonna make that seem even bigger. And if there'd been a break in Rollins' reign, then you know it's not as consequential, is it? If you know Punk is the one to Finally, because obviously Rollins has held that title since it was created, hasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it was a good match. Good. I think they protected Drew in all the ways they could. Um, yeah. I wonder what happens with Drew next. You know, I, I I do wonder whether he's still not resigned, and maybe this is kind of, you know, that soon he's going to have that decision to make of you know we're, we're not going to do more with you until you resign. Yeah, yeah. Well, he needs to commit, doesn't he? He needs to make a decision. 
Yeah. And uh, he might want to take some time off. You know, he's been he's been on the road with WWE for a long time now. And um, yeah, he might just think, well, my best move is just to take six months off and come back, you know, in October, November time or in time we- for Royal Rumble in 2025. And that could be a good move for him just to, you know, enjoy life and the fruits of his labour. I think it would be because if you look at, you know, best case scenario for Drew, what's he going to get to do in this WrestleMania with everybody else that's around? Having yeah. just been beaten by Seth again, you know. So yeah. I think, I think six months off might not be the worst idea for him. You know, do we inside the ropes tour? <laughs> <laughs> do, do we do we ITR mag interview with F Martin? You know. Just oh yeah, fantastic! Hit, hit, you know, that sounds like a very good direction of travel. Good <laughs> career move. No career moves doing the interview with me. You know, the tour with Kenny. Yeah. You know, I mean, that probably would be the peak of 2024 for him, you know, if you were to do those things. Exactly. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what he ends up doing. Um, but yeah, that's all the time we've got for now. We'll be back on Thursday for Power Slam. Talk Kevin Dunn, Chris Jericho. I'm sure there'll be some, you know, if Mercedes Monet debuts tomorrow night, we'll have that to talk about as well. So, and um, as we're recording this, it's just been, you know, we'll maybe talk about it on Thursday, but Kota Ibushi, has just in a match with the uh, Marafuji injured both of his ankles. I think he's broken one of the ankles and then worked the thirty-five minute match on the broken ankle. Yeah, I, I mean, did read just... something. Yeah, I did read saying that he, he had the match and he should never have been booked in the ring in the first place because he's, yeah, he's he's uh, he's not in great shape and he's even worse shape now. Obviously, yeah, grim. Um, <laughs> But anyway, we'll be back on Thursday. Lots to talk about. Um, you can uh, obviously check out Inside the Ropes magazine. Issue 40 is out now with the ITR 50. Um, so you can head over to InsideTheRopesMagazine.com to pick that up. Um, Power Slam yearbooks are still available. The stock is getting lower, but PowerSlamMagazine.com uh, is where you can pick that up. And Patreon is where you can get daily content from us. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. So... Yes, I look forward to speaking to you on Thursday, Finn, for more. Yes, absolutely. We've got the NXT New Year's Evil show tonight as well. So, yes. I mean, it's a very busy week. And um, obviously, we've got the big smackdown on Friday. We won't be talking about that on Thursday, of course. But yeah. this is, you know, and as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Kenny, um, Wrestle Kingdom. So, I mean, it's uh, it's always, uh, this is a, one of the, probably not the biggest week of the year. WrestleMania time is the biggest week of the year. But this is a big week. Um, for pro wrestling, so much for us to discuss on Thursday and beyond. Yeah, this is the but this is the big period. You know, it's funny when it's kind of, you know, the the lull for the weather is the biggest period in wrestling, which is January to April. So, uh, we will be here for all of it. So, yeah, ho- hopefully you will support us through it all. We look forward to uh, giving you all the content we can, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, everybody. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.